Hello, and welcome to Stephen Rowland's Beard Podcast, episode 315. Woo! 315. You do- As ever. Oh, yeah. I'm not Stephen Layton. And I'm not Roland Glue. Uh, <laughs> I also have no interesting facts about the number 315. No. Um, what I do have is Steve's Tasty Delicious Beer. Yes. Uh, so, neither of them are here, so we are recording in their absence. Um this week, beer is from uh, Cornwall. It's from Harbour Brewing Company, uh, Cornwall's finest, uh, or one of their finest, anyway. Um, yeah, uh, Puffing Tears IPA. Uh, for those of you that have had it, you know what this is by now. Um, for those of you that haven't, um, it's just a, a nice, solid... 5% IPA, really? Uh, <laughs> goes without saying. It sounds familiar. It sounds like the kind of name I'd order at a bar just because I found it amusing. Yeah, so Harper have been about now for a number of years, probably. Uh, I think the first time I came across them was about seven or eight years ago. Um, and have just grown and grown ever since. So um, I remember a number of years back, the uh, Sainsbury's had a big, like, um, competition so enter a craft beer and they were gonna loads of brewers sent beers put them in their stores and whichever sold the best was going to be stocked in the shop didn't work out quite that way it turned out the top three were then chosen by their beer buying team or their beer experts and which one was actually going to end up in the shop uh fix uh, <laughs> but I remember Harbour being in amongst those well, that, um, that could be a double-edged sword because they start leaning on you for um margin well that is a, <laughs> forcing your prices interestingly that is a surprisingly common thing and a, a quite an, an interesting topic recently because there are a number of uh the larger craft breweries that have started selling their wares in the supermarkets and i know certain certain sections of the beer community have uh not taken uh, kindly to this they've been quite vocal um expressing their displeasure but at the same time, you know, those big kind of contracts, you know, for anyone that runs a, uh, a business, you know, it helps with the old cash flow. Uh, so I can see that I can see the reasons for I can see the reasons against to call a business, you know, to call people sellouts and things like that. It's oh, just like course. that's, you know, a lot of people that come out with comments like that have never tried to run a business themselves. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, it's when you're struggling to get it together and a big contract lands. Mm-hmm. Well, that's well. I mean, one of the one of the big biggest uh, players in the craft beer industry, Brewdog, yeah. started their brewery off the back of a, a contract to sell into Tesco. Mm. Like they didn't have the facilities to supply Tesco, but they entered a similar kind of competition, and uh, one of their beers got chosen. And were like, okay, we we need you to supply X amount, and they were like, okay. We need to find somewhere to brew this. Uh, is, that, is that part of where they well, ended up today? Well, yeah. Went to went to went to a bank with a. Okay, we don't have these facilities, but we've got this massive contract uh, to supply Tesco. Will you give us some money? Yeah, sure. Uh, went from there, so it can it can be uh, you know a blessing as well as a curse. Mm, um, let's look at where Brewdog are now. All the pubs, all the supermarkets, mm-hmm. all the flavors. Yeah. Multi pack cans on offer. Yes, yeah. it's great. 
but again they're one of those companies that you know, I'm sure there are uh, there's at least one listener right now that's uh, fro- 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 frothing at the mouth it's probably Roland uh, <laughs> um, yes Roll- you know, they're owned by the customers as well so that's an interesting business yeah. equity for punks I believe yeah yeah I mean they they try to remain as as non corporate as they can, but I mean it doesn't matter uh, uh, how hard you try. You, Somewhat you, inevitable with growth. You, yeah. you reach you reach a certain level, like you've got to you've got to start implementing certain systems and uh, checks and measures, and it's just like you know that call it corporate, call it what you want. Like the difference between running a small business and a large business is it's, it's day and night. So yeah. Well, let's get back to the puffin tears. Yes, the puffin tears. Uh, first thing that hit me when I took a mouthful of that is toffee. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I mean, see it on the flavour notes, but I was getting a real toffee flavour from this. I mean, the the beer itself has a lovely golden uh, toffee uh, hue to it, anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some great aromatics in there as well. <laughs> yeah, just have a good sniff mm. at the same time. <laughs> yes. Smell a vision. One day it's going to be a thing. Uh, you too can experience the joys. It'll ruin, uh, t- it'll ruin TV. It'll probably ruin, ruin our listenership. Yeah. The end of a long day roasting coffee. It's just like, oh, we don't smell that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very much enjoying this. It's that. It's just a good solid IPA. Mm. It's just nice and refreshing. Uh, ticks the boxes at the end of a long working day. Uh, oh, for sure. Especially absolutely. when it's this kind of temperature and this kind of light. Mm. What do you think of their branding? Out of curiosity, it's pretty clean, mm. straightforward. Uh, it doesn't jump out to me as anything special. It's fairly consistent. Uh, they've a lot. As I say, I've tried a, a number of their other stuff and like. They've kept that same kind of look uh, from the first time I came across them. They use a different uh, different colour for a different beer. So, for example, with the white stripe, yeah, Harbour Harbour, and then I believe I believe they else. I believe they do. Yes, mm. I've had multiple coloured different cans from them in the past. So, well, I had bottles as well. They used to again. They used to bottle all of their stuff, but they've shifted to the cans, much like uh, well, can technology's got a lot better. Mm. It certainly has. Like I know that in the the early days, there were a number of uh, horror stories in the early days of craft beer canning, where people were outsourcing the canning and things went wrong, and the uh, beer ended up getting spoiled. Uh, but there's, there's also the you know the flavour thing as well. Like mm. for a long while, bottled drinks considerably better than the uh, canned counterparts mm. of the same of the same brew. Yeah. Yeah, strong, bold. You can see it at a distance, the massive H. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like they're they they're branding. They've kept it consistent because mm. they want people to who know them to immediately recognise it. Uh, like that big H just stands out, and like you're walking down a row, a row of uh, a beers in your your local beer shop or your local supermarket, and you see that, you know immediately if that's Harbour. Mm. There, there we go. Um, so. Yeah, I I I li- I like the fact that it is consistent because it is 
that's the whole point when you're trying to build a brand identity. I think that people, you know, you've got customers recognize you and, you know, they should easily be able to come back to you. Because um, most people don't make their choices based on uh, picking up everything and looking at the, the descriptors and <laughs> looking at the flavor notes. They, base, they do it based purely on visuals. Like they go, oh, I'll have, a, I'll have that. Uh, like th- there's a reason marketing is such a massive multi-billion pound industry oh, man, and selling things doesn't work quite as quite how you think it does at all no not at all yeah you can have the best product in the world but if it ain't marketed right people aren't going to buy it oh, so. ask, ask Febreze hmm? they thought they had a stone cold 100% successful seller couldn't move it could not move it hmm. to figure out how to fit it into the cleaning habit loop <laughs> and where it fits in the cleaning habit loop is not where it was intended to go like the, when they discovered a molecule that could eliminate odour they thought it's brilliant but um, people don't use it like that people use it as like a cherry on top at the end of the cleaning hmm yeah interesting hmm. so that's how they started marketing it you see for me like I've, I, if I've got unexpected guests that's when, the, that's, that's when the Febreze comes out. It's just like, oh, just make sure. Because uh, that's the thing. If you're, you never know for sure. Like I tend to keep a clean household. But you're in a space for a certain amount of time. You acclimatise the of smell course. of it. Nosebleed. So it's, you know, one of those. It's just like, oh, I've got guests coming around. I'll just have a quick uh, whip around with Febreze. Just make sure everything's nice and fresh. Uh it so, was their focus testing, you see, because they thought they could sell it to people with smelly houses, but people with smelly houses don't necessarily know they've got smelly houses. There you go. Or uh, <laughs> would admit they've got smelly houses. So, yeah, they ended up quizzing this one woman who used it at the end of her cleaning routine as a sort of cherry on top. I cleaned everything, now I apply the scent. Strange how people's habits work, isn't it? Ah, uh, but habits <laughs> work on familiarity. Yeah. So... The secret to selling something is to make it seem familiar. And again, I guess that whole cherry on top, you yeah. know, everything's clean, it, it should smell a certain way it's as well. It's your normal routine, just add this at the end. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. We're, we're, we're in odd... Um, this is what you get when you don't show up to do your own podcast. Yep. It's crazy, crazy tangents. Yeah, so for those of you expecting... No one came you know, here to listen about Febreze. Yeah. <laughs> But that's what you're getting. So <laughs> we should probably try and uh, bring this to uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a close at some point. For those uh, of you that are still with us, yeah, <laughs> we appreciate it. We really do. Uh, again, Roland. Uh, <laughs> should mention Roland isn't with us this week because he's currently getting drunk in Amsterdam. So uh, it's there, a decent excuse. Yeah, you know, I mean, most people go to Amsterdam for the other uh, <laughs> for the other. Um, what should we call them? Beer is not high up on my list of things to do in Amsterdam. Yeah. But you know, yeah, um, drop some numbers. Yeah, I, I, I'm really enjoying this. It's, you know, a nice, uh, shall we say, it's like that cherry on the top at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, you know, just, what, just what you need. Um, it, it ticks the boxes for me. Um, I like Harbour anyway. Uh, I have for a long time. This is as consistent as anything else I've had from them. So I'm going to give this a solid eight. Oh, yeah. I concur. Excellent. Also with eight. Wow. And I think... Um, I think it's the puffing tear that adds a little bit of magic. 
Sweet I've ne- taste of sorrow. I've, I've, never, <laughs> I, I, I've never tasted the tears of puffins, but now I want to try them. Well, now I'm wondering how they induce it, because, you know, is it a sorrowful tear or is it a happy tear? Hmm. Generally, sorrowful tears are easy to indu- easier to induce. Oh, for sure. And now I'm just seeing horrifying images of what's happening to the baby puffins. Oh no, we should we should we should call this now. Uh, <laughs> on that note, I think we'd better uh, <laughs> drink up and shut up before yeah. I start crying as well. Or the RSPCA shut up. That too. What do you know? What do you know? What do you know? <laughs> We're done. <laughs> <laughs>